You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Financial Insights Podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the kind of intriguing relationship between bond yields and recessions and what it might mean for your investment portfolio. Now, I know I said in the last episode that Ryan was going to be here for the next episode, but the same kind of scheduling stuff I talked about last time is still at play. So you've just got me today for better or worse, which means a little bit less tennis talk and probably more financial talk, but that's okay. There's going to be plenty of time for us to dispute whether or not tennis or pickleball is a better sport. One might even argue pickleball is not a sport, but a game, but that's neither here nor there. The the irony here is that Ryan will absolutely smoke me on the tennis court, but he's playing more pickleball now for whatever reason. I don't know, but let's focus on your investment portfolio, bond yields, and recessions. Now, first off, I'd like to caution everybody listening that while the odds of a recession appear to be higher right now, it's still not guaranteed. Every economic cycle is unique, and several factors could potentially reduce the impact of a potential recession on the stock market if we were to have one later this year. For instance, last year's market downturn has already factored in a considerable amount of risk. And compared to the situation leading up to many recessions, businesses and consumers are not overly stretched financially at the moment. Sure, in some corners of the world, but not broadly yet. In addition, the possibility of a recession later this year isn't going to surprise anybody. I've been saying for months now that this is the best telegraphed recession we're ever going to have, and it's been well signaled, which can actually help to soften the blow Because if you think a recession is on the way, you can start to batten down the hatches much sooner. We're seeing some businesses do that, in fact. There's also some promising news. There's a fair bit of pent-up demand for services that remains from the post-pandemic period. Changes to labor supply might also make the job market a bit more resistant to recession, even though it's likely to take a significant hit. Think about this, though. If the unemployment rate doubles, what are we going to go from three to six? Still not bad historically. Now, there's the famous quote that's often credited to Mark Twain is that history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And that could also apply here. It's not necessarily that past patterns will repeat exactly, but they can provide some useful insights. So let's take a step back and review typical market behavior during recessions. Over the course of 2023, we've been examining how the equity market generally behaves, but we haven't delved into the bond market really. And looking at the last eight recessions, we see some interesting patterns here. For all these recessions, the maximum decline in the 10-year Treasury yield was smaller than the three-month yield, usually by quite a bit. On average, the decline in the three-month yield was two full percentage points greater. The difference is mainly driven by the changes to Federal Reserve policy, which can adjust quickly to economic slowdowns. In contrast, expectations for growth and economics don't shift as dramatically. So the bigger decline in short-term Treasury also aligns with a normalizing yield curve. So if you go back, in fact, one of the best, most, I guess, one of the most listened in uh, episodes of this podcast is a breakdown of 
yield curve and what a yield curve is and how a normal yield curve means that shorter duration instruments pay should pay a lower yield and longer duration in instruments. So just to summarize, a, a, a three month CD or treasury or anything should pay you less interest and a lower rate than a longer term one because you don't need to be compensated quite as much because your money's not locked up for as long. When we have an inverted yield curve, those short duration rates, so a six month CD would be paying you more than a two year CD. That's backwards and things are messed up when yield curves are inverted. And currently the yield curve is inverted, meaning short term rates are higher than long term ones. But that's not the usual state of affairs, as I mentioned. So typically, investors demand a higher yield for longer-term securities. Now, in times of economic uncertainty, like a recession, investors usually prefer the safety of bonds over the volatility of stocks. And this is because, historically, bond prices have tended to rise when yields fall. So, for instance, if the 10-year yield were to drop by just one percentage point in a recession, a 10-year Treasury bond's price could gain roughly 8.5%. Pretty good. Now, the large changes in the three-month yield could mean that the reinvestment risk during recessions is high. That means if you're invested in a short-term treasury, there's a high chance that when you need to reinvest the funds after maturity, you're going to have to do so at a much lower rate. And as we move further into 2023, we're potentially at a critical juncture in the economic cycle. Both the risk of a recession and the end of a rate hiking cycle are on the horizon, and these changes could have a significant impact on investment performance. So given this context, what should be your investment takeaways? Higher bond yields raise the bar for stocks. So we continue really, I think, to favor stocks over bonds. Now, in the long run, stocks are going to do better for bonds, most likely. But the risk, it's always a risk reward balance. And so if interest rates are not have stopped going up or could be coming down, you might be able to for a for a little while here over the next maybe 12 months or a little bit longer than that, get equity like returns out of your bonds. That's not bad. And, and really, it's due to factors that might limit the market impact of a potential recession. But we also think that the defensive attributes of fixed income have strengthened with the elevated recession risk ahead. And inflation is another factor to consider. When there's a threat of rising inflation, 10-year yields are generally most vulnerable to increasing. And as of now, the trend seems to be towards inflation moving gradually toward the Fed's 2% target. But there's some risk of inflation being more persistent than expected. So that's something we'll, of course, keep an eye on. The days of 2% could be gone, but it doesn't mean that we couldn't reach 3% here in the short term. So in summary, we don't really see rate sensitivity as a major concern, but at the same time, we're a little bit more cautious about shorter maturity bonds just because of that reinvestment risk that I mentioned. I think it'd, it'd be smart to consider intermediate maturity bonds, which kind of look attractive. It's the it's the in-between, right? You've got the porridge too hot, porridge too cold. <laughs> Durations are too long or too short. You want to find that intermediate, the Goldilocks kind of scenario where you have these intermediate maturity bonds that could be the most attractive here. 
And so I, I think keep that in mind as you're looking at the bond side of your portfolio or if you're working with your advisor on the bond side of your portfolio. If you haven't talked with your advisor about the bond side of your portfolio, you can email us at info at FordFG.com. We're always happy to have a cup of coffee and provide a second opinion on what your portfolio looks like. So you can find us at FordFG.com or you can email us, like I said, at info at FordFG.com. So that kind of wraps it up for today. Another short one for us. Now, remember, every investment decision should be based on careful consideration of what your individual circumstances are and, of course, what your risk tolerance is. And so keep that in mind as you're talking about these topics with your financial advisor or if uh, you want to chat with us about these. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the podcast or you'll hear, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. And I'm not making any guarantees, but I think likely the next one will involve another one of these advisors from here in the office, specifically the pickleball playing Ryan Louie. Take care. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein, 